The Godcast with Josh Fritz. Episode 72. The Risky Business of Singing in the Local Church. A review of the Gospel Coalition's article, Is Congregational Singing Dangerous? by Ken Bohr. The question is I have for you tonight, or today, whenever you listen to this, is are you one who takes every word in the scripture seriously so that you'd want to know it not only know it believe it not only believe it defend it and not only defend it live it is that your life is jesus christ your life jesus christ is god he never cast aside his deity he always was god he is god he always will be god and he's always god the rightly dividing the word of truth if they're doing that that's the place you need to be. If they're not doing that, you need to get out of there. You and I leave the scripture, and we don't stay with it. We lose the understanding of what it says. Or we eisegete, we read into the text. This is the, these are things you're not supposed to do. When you stay within the confines of scripture, you'll never go wrong. I want to say that one more time. When you stay in the confines of scripture, you will never go wrong. Josh Fritz, where the scripture is honored, the lost are warned, the saints are fortified, false teachers are exposed, and the Lord Jesus Christ is glorified. Here's your host, Josh Fritz. Welcome to this edition of the Godcast with Josh Fritz. This is at a late hour on a Friday night. What am I doing up here this late? Well, came across an article that I want to talk about. Um, it's about singing, and apparently today an episode was, an episode, a, uh, an article was posted on the Gospel Coalition uh, on singing being dangerous. And part of me thinks this is laughable, so I haven't read the entire article. I've skimmed through it, and I see things in there which I'm concerned about. So what I, we're going to do, we're going to read this article together, and we're going to talk about it. Um, if you don't know already, um, I'm also on multiple platforms. So at the this hour, I'm also on um, Twitter. Uh, I'm carrying the feed live Twitter off my iPad. So if you are on Twitter, you can follow along as well. Twitter, I'm looking at you now to the side here. You're right there if you need anything. Uh, obviously, if, if on Twitter, you can see um, part of my house if you look down, straight down on Twitter, you're going to see my alarm clock and a picture of me and my daughter in the background. So, again, uh, thank you for watching. Uh, if you're not familiar with this podcast, there are other podcasts on this network of which you can be fam more familiar with. And I suggest you go to BibleThumpingWingnut.com. BibleThumpingWingnut.com. You go there, you're going to see many podcasts that are on there. I strongly urge you to check them out. Biblical Christianity's Marketplace of Ideas. Go there, check it out. 
Um, if you need to reach me, I'm going to give you some housekeeping here. I have my own YouTube channel, which throughout the week I do put on uh, maybe 15 to 20 minutes of content of me maybe going to work just to encourage you and to speak about anything that's happening in the day. So you can go to the Godcast with com, where you'll see all my podcasts. But you can also go to my YouTube channel as well. So I'm here on the Bible Thumping Wingnut YouTube channel to bring you um, the truth. I want to honor the scripture. I want to uh, expose the things that are wrong, what I feel, what we should be concentrating on. And um, and I've been doing this for a little bit over a year now. And it's uh, it's teaching me many things to be more grounded in the scripture, to be uh, more consistent and to... Uh, always bring something here to which to edify uh, those around us, the saints, and to glorify God. That's why I'm doing it. Um, but I'm going to talk about this. Uh, is congregational singing dangerous? That's the question being posed. So let me bring you into the picture here. I think this is the right one. There it is right there. So if you look at this article, uh, the gentleman's name is Ken Bohr, who wrote this down. He's going to explain who he is as I read it through, and we're, we're just going to talk about it because I, for one, I love to sing, and uh, I don't intend to stop singing, and the Scripture has to say a lot about singing. So what I'm going to do is, excuse me for a second, I'm going to, uh, we're going to read the article, we're going to talk about it, and then um, there's a few verses, not a few, there's a lot of verses in the Scripture you can read of which God always tells us to sing. And be singing together as a local body, as a local church, is a part of worship, is a part of worship. And I want you to remember that as we talk about it. So let's get into the topic at hand. Okay. Hopefully my screen stops moving here. There we go. That's what I want to see. Okay. So many of us, I'm reading the article, uh, many of us have heard about the dangers of choral singing. Uh, I certainly haven't. Sorry, just off the bat there. I haven't. Especially because of the Skagit Valley Chorale in Mount Vernon, Washington. The choir held a careful rehearsal in March, its members each standing six feet apart. All right, this is a rehearsal, so that's a little different. Um, this is not a setting in which they're in the local church, per se. It's a, it's a rehearsal. Uh, in March, its members each standing six feet apart. Later, 45 of 60 attendees contracted the virus and two died. While there could be a host of reasons for the quick spread of the virus that day, the group's experience led many to wonder if something about corporate singing speeds the dis dissemination of COVID-19. Expanded guidance proposed by the CDC discouraged use of choral groups in worship, and choral experts warned about the danger of chorale singing until we have a vaccine. But what about congregational singing? Before we get started, please note that I am a worship pastor in a local church. While I do not have medical training, this article has been written in consultation with medical professionals. Where possible, I've linked to articles and respected medical organizations to support the article's conclusions. However, there is much we still don't know, and so I'm making an educated guess. Before we get into the everything that he's about to say... When it comes to singing, I'm not going to make an educated guess. I'm going to be upfront about it. Singing is expected. It's a part of worship. Uh, and the With the latest numbers on this virus that has been 
uh, overhyped, frankly, and stoking fear in the country, stoking fear in the world, and putting people out of work, putting people at home uh, to run away from a, a virus that, again, you can... There are ways to go around this, and we've spoken about this before. People have ways of, of worshiping together. And people have gone outside to worship. When you're outside to worship, you're either A, in your car, or you're far away from each other. You can still sing. Um, so dissuage, uh, di- not dissuage, dis- discouraging anyone from singing is not a something I would propose. Because singing is a part of worship. It's always been a part of worship from the beginning. And this is, we're told from the Psalms to sing. We're told that, to come into the courts of God with thanksgiving. We're supposed to have that. Why are we singing? That's the one thing. Why would you sing? You're going to sing about what the good things God has done for you. You're not, And you're going to thank him for what he's done for you. Think about this. The, I think of the hymn writers who were, must have gone through so much in their lives that they put everything down. And they wrote the the words down. They wrote down all from the beginning of the local church up until now. It's all about singing. And uh, frankly, you have to define worship too. Worship is the exposing of the scriptures, the teaching of the scriptures, the public instruction of the scriptures. Right? Singing is a part of that, and prayer. Those are the three things that involve worship. Why are we? Why do we get together? You know, that's the one thing. Why why get together? Well, we're going to thank the Lord for what he's done for us. We're going to hear a good word about what he has done for us, what he continues to do for us, what he has done in the past, how that relates to now and the future. And we also have the blessing of knowing that this is what we are to do. It's a desire that we have to honor God. It's always been a part. It's always been a part of my life. I'll, I'll speak for myself in this regard. It's always been a part. We always got together to sing, no matter what the circumstance may be. You could say, oh, I can sing in the confines of my home. Well, there's something different about singing together in corporate worship together. And I don't say this in a macho kind of way, but... And I don't want to take away from the seriousness of anyone getting sick let alone one virus. There are other sicknesses out there. There are other things that can plague us. Are you still going to go down not singing before the Lord? You know, I've read stories of people that have sang all the way right to their death and stopped singing and entered into glory. Well, when they entered into glory, they're true believers, they're going to continue singing. Singing is a part of worship. It's always going to be here. And to dissuade, I think that's the right word I want to use, or to discourage it, rather, uh, anyone from singing, I don't want to be on that end because you're telling people that it's not okay in a public setting to sing. Why get together, you know? That's how we express our love or how we express our um, how God is worthy of praise and worship. Um, I'm thinking of Revelation 2. I'm going to read that scripture from Revelation 5, and you're going to get an understanding of what singing is all about. Think about, I think about the Israelites when they were leaving Egypt, and they crossed the Red Sea. God delivered them, right? What did they do? 
what did they do? The minute they got on the other side of the of the of the, of the Red Sea, they sang a song. The horse and rider were thrown into the sea. The Egyptian horses and riders were thrown into the sea. Why? God gave them the victory. It's an expression of our appreciation for what God has done for us. So he starts off here with aerosoled, aerosol, aerosolized particles. Hmm. While primary transmission of COVID-19 seems to occur through respiratory droplets and physical contact, there is also concern about aerosol transmission. You see, many people are not going to disagree with me because they're really concerned about this virus, and I get that. I don't want to take that away from people that are concerned about the virus, but if God put us here to worship God, that's why we're here, why would we stop? something that God would want us to do. Granted, I'm not singing right before I go to sleep tonight, right? I could, you know. Or we we could be worshiping God in a public setting, and it, it's just foreign to me. And this is why I'm talking about this article straight through. It's foreign to my thinking to not sing in a public setting. It's just saying you shouldn't sing because it's not safe. Don't, doesn't the God of all the earth, doesn't the God who's made us, wouldn't you think, and t- take this seriously, if we are truly, out of, the des- out of the desire of our hearts, a true, honest desire to honor God in our worship, wouldn't you think God would accept that? Noting the risks in our lives, if you're sick, we, we've, we, the scripture would tell, you would tell you, and I would tell you, if you're sick, or if you have an idea that you're sick, stay home. Stay home. You know, then again, death and sickness is also a part of this life. This is a cursed life. We're on a cursed earth. It's not a matter of trying to risk it all. You can try. You can try to hide in a box. You can try to stay home in a box. It doesn't mean God won't still give you a sickness. You can be so far away and God will still give it to you. You should want to say this. I want to go down worshiping the Lord in a true way, in a true sense, and risk it all to honor him. Now, Josh, you say, oh, that's really stupid of you and naive. No, it's not stupid and naive. God wants us to worship him. If that's truly what you're doing, and it's the desire that you have that God's given to you to worship him, and every Christian wants to worship and honor God, you're going to take that risk and know that God's got it all together. Do you trust God? And I had a podcast on this. Do you really think God's sovereign? Obviously you don't if you don't think singing is, a, is an issue for you, or if you think singing is an issue for you that you're going to hurt other people. You take that risk every single time before the COVID-19 pandemic, before all that, you took that risk, not knowing that you had a sickness and you've gotten some other people sick. You have to admit that. That is the truth. You've already taken the risk. And if you don't believe what I'm saying, then you're not thinking clearly because somebody has a cold, it easily gets transmitted the regular flu, doesn't matter. Just because this strain of virus has rampaged the world, I'll say it that way, 
doesn't mean that we should stop everything for an extended period of time. And I'm not saying for a week. A week or two is fine, I would think, to stop the spread. I'm not against that. But the to, to lock down and force local congregations to not meet because of this virus, because of the the sweeping death that's taken place. I think the church in that circumstance, whatever church it may be, they took the, every possible practical safety measure by social distancing and still singing. Listen, for the Christian and the non-Christian won't understand this. For the Christian, singing and then passing out of this life into glory is you're you're really living now. That's true living. You're being with your Lord face to face. And I know that comes at a loss to those two people that have passed away, their families regarding that. And I'm sure that they're mulling that over in their mind. But if I'm going to go out that way because I sang to the Lord, by all means, that I feel is before the Lord to know that we're worshiping him and honoring him. And that's, I'm sorry to say to some people, they don't think that's good. They want to hold on to this life as much as they can. I don't blame somebody for wanting to live. We want to live. Obviously, we don't want to die and put ourselves in jeopardy. But worshiping God or staying home and doing nothing, or those are two things you have to have to, have to to cross your mind and say, you know what, I'm going to honor the Lord. He'll get me through or he won't get me through. So be it. Do you love the Lord more than your life? Because he's the one who give, he gave you that life. Do you love him? Do you know him? That would be my question to you. If you want to know him, right, and you want to serve him, then you're going to worship him. It's very clear. Um, video by Japanese... I'm continuing reading. Video by Japanese researchers visually demonstrates how aerosol... Particles can't... Oh, man, I clicked on something. Get that out of there. Video by Japanese researchers visually demonstrates how aerosol particles can hang in the air. A White House presentation on April 24th indicated that the half-life of aerosol particles in 70 to 75-degree weather with no sun is 60 minutes. It also appears that larger particles may get stuck in your upper respiratory tract, whereas smaller aerosol particles may make their way down to your lower lung. Scientists debate how concerned we should be about airborne particles. It seems that the virus can spread in this manner, but we don't know how infectious these tiny particles are. Ooh, these big bad particles, even though they're so tiny, right? The invisible enemy, as the president has said. If someone sneezes in your face, you will receive a multitude of particles. Obviously, if we're sensible about sneezing, we should sneeze into our what? Our elbow or away or cover our mouth. I don't think someone's going to sneeze out just because, which you'd want to avoid. But how infections, infectious is a small number of particles? We're not sure. If you're not sure, you rest upon the grace of God. You rest upon the strength and healing of God. Even if aerosol particles pose a small risk in everyday situations, that risk might be raised when the dosage is increased. This might happen at a concert when the audience is singing along or at a sporting event. People take that risk. 
They'll go to the sporting event, but not to the local church. And when fans are yelling together, or it might happen at church. Here are some things to think through. Again, I don't know if we should think through these things, but we're going to talk about them, obviously, because they're in the article. He has five concerns, or five worries. Uh, I'm going to call this five worries, of which God tells us in his word not to worry. Singing produces an aerosol cloud larger than speech does, and possibly larger even than coughing. A study in the American American Review of Respiratory Disease found that the aerosol cloud created by singing leaves nearly six times more particles in the air than normal speech does. Researchers measured the percent of droplet nuclei still airborne 30 minutes after talking, singing, and coughing. Only 6.4% were still airborne after talking, but 35.7% were airborne after singing, and 48.9% after coughing. Other studies have found that saying, ah, for 30 seconds releases twice as many particles as 30 seconds of continual coughing. I feel like I just wasted five minutes of reading that paragraph. I don't want to say that in a mocking type of tone, but I feel like it's going to come across that way. Why are we worried about this? Do we want to honor God in this? Or do we just want to fret? Do we want to worry about it? All this article does for me so far is it promotes promotes the scripture, the, the fear... Of man is a snare. That's what that's what this is proving to me. You're gonna get trapped in this way of thinking. Well, what can I'm, I'm never gonna go back to the local church. Come on, it's got to stop. The louder you sing, the more you spread. More air must pass from the lungs and through the vocal cords to produce a louder sound. Thus, the louder a person speaks or sings, the greater number of particles they emit. I'm sorry, but this is really stupid because the louder a person speaks, frankly, if somebody's going to speak and they're preaching and they're singing, that's where I want to be. A believer wants that, desires that. A sick believer even desires that, but they're going to stay home. You see where I'm going here? This, this message has always been consistent, at least coming from me. If you are sick, stay home. If you're going to cough, you think you're not doing it's on you. Stay home. No one, God's not after you to say, you know, I don't feel well. I don't want to risk anybody else getting sick. I'm going to stay home. Then again, if you don't know you're sick and you're carrying something, we're not going to think that way. We're going to think I'm well enough to go to work. I'm well enough to go to the worship service. You're not thinking of, I'm going to get somebody else sick. That's the last thing that's on your mind. You're going there to honor God. And I think your brother and sister in the faith that are at the local church, they're not going to hold you in contempt for coming to worship God. It just doesn't jive. Reports show a straight linear correlation between volume and the number of particles emitted. An airborne infectious disease might spread more efficiently in a school cafeteria than a library or in a noisy hospital waiting room than a quiet ward. The article states, emphasis mine, so for the virus to be passed through the air, yelling or singing loudly 
would be more of a risk than whispering or humming. Think of it. Would you would you go to a worship service to hum a worship song or a, or a hymn? Would you whisper it? Obviously, you're going to whisper a song where it says in the song to do that. I'm thinking of a... I'm thinking of a... Uh, Christmas Carol. How's that song? Joy, 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 where you whisper. That's the only song I'm thinking of where you do actually whisper in a song, but you sing loud after that. (sighs) Number three, people absorb more particles when singing because they breathe more deeply. Not everyone knows how to breathe as deeply as a voice teacher. Let's go back here or a choral director would want. But we all inhale more deeply when we sing loudly than when we're in normal conversation. Deeper breathing generally means more particles taken into the lungs. Okay. Four. Air handling systems can cause particles to be redistributed through the room. This will vary greatly depending on the nature of the church's system. Aerosol particles can dissipate quickly outdoors, but in enclosed spaces, they will likely be recirculated. A forthcoming article in the journal Emerging Infectious Diseases examines an outbreak in China, where an asymptomatic diner infected people at neighboring tables. The researchers found that in this outbreak, oh, sorry, quote, in this outbreak, droplet transmission was prompted by air condition ventilation. The key factor for infection was the direction of the airflow. Those dining close to the infected person and directly in line with the air conditioning unit that blew on him first were infected. However, no one else was including the employees or those dining near the table, but not in the air conditioner's flow. I guess that's end quote because I don't... I'm sorry, I read... All right, this ends the quote. that He's saying those dining close to the infected person, that's him describing it. (laughs) Honestly... This is really stupid. You're going, you're, this is a risk you're going to take on the normal, in the normal circumstances. Do you trust God? Really? Um, this art, this, with all sincerity, Mr. B- was the article, who, the gentleman who wrote this, do you trust the Lord that he's going to get you through? I'm not just saying your faith is waning. I don't know your heart. Only God knows your heart. You don't know your own heart. I don't know my own heart. But this article just 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 oozes out fear. I mean, I'm thinking of other ways of children being educated, right? I mean, that's a big, big topic. Rethinking the education of children, even though it's semi-related here. I think the best instruction you can ever have is right in, not face-to-face, but in the same setting, in the same room. That's the best interaction because you can see and hold the person accountable if they're hearing or listening. You can look them in the eye. There's something about looking somebody in the eye. And I make it, I'll say this for 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 me, because I lead worship in my church every Wednesday. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I do. I, every Just about every week, I'm there. I'm the one who leads in the singing. And I make an attempt, and I want to do this because I feel like it's important. As we're worshiping God, I make the effort to make eye contact with almost everybody in the church. From the littlest child to my own children when they're with me, when they're there, to everybody. I try because we're singing the same song and we're trying to honor God. 
And making eye contact is to know that, yes, we're singing this because we love the Lord. And the person who wrote these lyrics to this song deserves some credit you know, for thinking through and writing about it, about their relationship with them and the Lord. So that's a good thing to do, to make eye contact, right? To know that we're worshiping the same God together. We're in this together. Think about that. The local church, worshiping God. So, but the Gospel Coalition here, they're worried about air conditioners blowing particles into people's lungs. I'd be more concerned about transmitting the message of the Gospel and encouraging the saints. I'd be more concerned with that. Five, anecdotal evidence suggests that singing may have been a factor in the recent outbreaks. T.A. Franks has compiled a short list of examples of outbreaks that have included singing, though it's difficult to know exactly what role singing played because of other compounding factors. While the data is still coming, it appears the path forward is wise caution. So, here are the practical suggestions, and I, I say practical this way because I don't think it's practical, at least from just by reading this article. Singing isn't as dangerous as shaking an infected person's hand, but as the studies above demonstrate, it may generate more risk than normal speech, what should we do? One. One obvious but painful solution would be to avoid singing when we gather. This option would be unpalatable to many Protestant congregations because song is knit into our understanding of the Christian gatherings. Ephesians 5, 18-20. But it's not unheard of. Persecuted Christians around the world must keep their worship quiet regularly. In Germany, despite pushback, a ban on singing has been put into effect. Even without singing, worshipers could still gather for scripture readings, a sermon, and prayers. Another option is to delay opening. One microbiologist concerned about the effects of singing has suggested delaying until other Phase one activities demonstrate that they do not cause outbreaks. Three, we could use masks. Don't get me started on masks, please. The CDC recommends wearing cloth face coverings in public settings where other social distancing measures are difficult to maintain, grocery stores and pharmacies, especially in areas of significant community-based transmission. Masks can minimize the amount of airflow we shoot in front of us and the amount we take in. No mask can eliminate all particles, though. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to breathe. But when worn collectively by a group of population, they may reduce transmission. Four, we might consider some out-of-the-box options, especially immediately upon re-entry. I don't have any medical studies to back up these suggestions. Well, then don't offer them. But they might make sense for some. Churches could sing for a shorter period to reduce the amount of part particulates spread. That's not unreasonable. I could go with that. Instead of singing four songs, sing two. That's fine. The congregation could sing at the end of the service to reduce the length in which they sit in a larger aerosol cloud. If that floats your boat. Some might consider gathering outside, where the particles could more easily disperse, or worship using American Sign Language or hum. Really? Really? Gathering outside is better. It's probably a better choice. Now, one point of contention I might agree with here in uh, number four. Now what? 
I can't tell you exactly what you should do in your congregation. Then why did you write this article? Each church is different, and the number of cases in your county, the size of your church, and the number of vulnerable people in your pews will affect how you begin to regather. Singing is one of the greatest joys of being together. It's ability to lift the Spirit, to point us toward God, and to carry out our praise as a sweet-smelling aroma to the Father is remarkable. For those coming together again after weeks or months apart, singing together is bound to be a beautiful and meaningful experience. As we move forward, let us ask God for wisdom and let's offer grace to those who are making different decisions than we do. For some in areas with few cases, a rousing song of praise might be the perfect way to come together. For others who are mourning losses and protecting vulnerable members, humming or praying silently to music might be the best option. In all things, let's remember, love does not insist on its own way, but seeks the good of others. 1 Corinthians 13, 5, Galatians 5, 13 through 14. So you've gotten my take. Uh, let me read this gentleman's description. Ken Bohr is a pastor of a worship at the First Evangelical Church in Memphis, Tennessee. He has served in worship ministry for more than 20 years in both modern and classical settings. He earned a Ph.D. from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. I guess it's a major minor from the University of Minnesota, a certificate from Bethlehem College and Seminary, and a, I guess this is a bachelor's from Wheaton College. Ken and his wife, Rachel, have four children. So that's who that is there. Um, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures concerning singing. What's the attitude behind singing? There's obviously no concern. So let's do this. I'm just going to go through the Psalms here because this is where you're going to get your understanding. It is good to sing praise to the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. Psalm 92, verse 1. Proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of a ten-string lyre. L-Y-R-E, by the way, and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. Senseless people do not know. Fools do not understand. That though the wicked spring up like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, are forever exalted. I mean, this is this is a good psalm to begin with anyway. If you go any further, you have in Psalm 95, verse 1, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands form the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. See, he's uh, we're under his care. We're under his wings. He's the one who's watching over us. Today, if you only would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah. This is speaking about Israel here. As you did that day at Massa in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested me, they tried me, though they had seen what I did. For forty years I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, 
and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. It's interesting, that scripture comes right after that beginning part of coming to sing with the Lord, to the Lord. It's going to bring a spirit of complaint. You don't want that. Psalm 96, verse 1, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing, sing, sing. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and worthy and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord has made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Strength and glory. Remember that. Ascribe to the Lord all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Singing is a part of worship. I would never discourage anybody to sing, or to stop singing, rather. I'd want them to sing. Keep going. Psalm 97. The Lord reigns, let the earth be glad. Let the distant shores rejoice. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and consumes his, fo his foes on every side. His lightning lights up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, and all people see his glory. All who worship images are put to shame. Those who boast in idols worship him, all you gods. Zion hears and rejoices, and the villages of Judah are glad because of your judgments, Lord. For you, Lord, are the most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. Let those who love the Lord hate evil, for he guards the lives of his faithful ones. Ooh, bingo. Let's read that again. Let those who love the Lord hate evil, for he guards the lives of his faithful ones and delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light shines on the righteous and joy on the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord you who are righteous, and praise his holy name. There's a lot here, and I only read maybe a handful of psalms. Psalm 98, verse 1. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blasts of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples 
with equity. It just keeps going. These are the thoughts. The thoughts of the psalmist here. It's amazing here. Going to Psalm, I could read Psalm 99, but I'm going to read Psalm 100, because Psalm 100 is what brings this all together. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithful, his faithfulness continues through all generations. Psalm 101, verse 1. I will sing of your love and justice to you, Lord. I will sing praise. I will be careful to lead a blameless life. When will you come to me? I will conduct the affairs of my house with a blameless heart. I will not look with approval on anything that is vile. I hate what faithless, faithless people do. I will have no part in it. The perverse of heart shall be far from me. I will have nothing to do with what is evil. Whoever slanders their neighbor in secret, I will put to silence. Whoever has haughty eyes with a proud heart, I will not tolerate. My eyes will be on the faithful in the land, and that they may dwell with me. The one whose walk is blameless will minister to me. No one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. Every morning I will put to silence all the wicked in the land. I will cut off every evildoer from the city of the Lord. And then, of course, we know Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I mean, this is a, I love this psalm to begin with. But... It's, it's, God wants us to honor him. And we're encouraged in the Psalms to sing everything. Psalm 105, give praise to the Lord, praise his, proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. How are we going to do that, right? We're going to do that by what? No, verse 2, sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. And he goes into the history of Israel there. But you get this, you every almost every page that you go through in the Psalms, sing, sing, sing. That's what you're going to get. Psalm 108, my heart, O God, is steadfast. I will sing and make music with all my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. There you go. For great is your love, higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. I like that. There's a song. That's a chorus you can sing uh, according to this section of Scripture. It's a really good song. 
Maybe I'll close the podcast with that. Um, at the end, I'll play the somebody singing that song. So, I, I mean, we could we could talk about this until I'm tired, but uh, it's amazing. All right, so I wanted to go to Revelation, and I'm going to close with this. <sighs> Revelation chapter 5. Now, this is interesting because this is a scene of heaven, okay? So I want you to listen to this. Then I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and seal with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one who was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's saints, or God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders, and in a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them, saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. So, an article written by somebody probably means well. He means, I'm sure he means well. Here's, here's the deal. I'm gonna and I'm gonna say it unequivocally. Don't be discouraged by an article here. I know he means well, but don't be discouraged. Don't have no fear. Continue to sing. And I said this a thousand times. I'll say it again. If you're sick, stay home. Congregational singing is it dangerous? Yeah, in an earthly sense, it is. But in a heavenly sense, it makes all the more sense to honor and worship the Lord your God, who's delivered you from sin, who's delivered you from the punishment of sin, eternal hell. I'd rather go down honoring the Lord than to be timid and stay away from worshiping Him and being with the local church. If I'm well and I'm not sick, that's where you're gonna. That's where you're gonna find me. If I'm not well and, I'm, and I am sick, then you're not going to find me there. Because, again, 
I care about my brother. I care about my sister in the faith. So this article is kind of well, blows my mind, but uh, this is what people are thinking today um, to make people afraid, uh, to cause and concern for other brothers and sisters. I just think the guy, the gen- the gentleman here means well, but he he shouldn't fear. Have no fear. Trust the Lord. I don't mean that in passing lightly. I mean it very seriously. He'll get you through. You've taken that risk for your entire life. However old you are, you've taken that risk. You already have. If you feel it's not safe for you to be there, stay home. Do what you have to do. But for me, as for me and my house, what does the scripture say? I will serve the Lord. We're going to honor God. We're going to follow through on that. Not just with our lips, but with our actions. But when we get together collectively, when we worship with one another toward the Lord, we worship Him, let's not worry about us being sick or potentially sick. Let's focus in on what God has done for us, rejoicing in the gospel, rejoicing in our salvation, what He's done for us, knowing that we have to be with one another and learn from one another. So this has been uh, an edition here of the Godcast, an episode. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, you can email me at livebiblestudies412 at gmail.com. You can also send me a message at 631-209-7457. That is the hotline number. You dial that number, leave me a text message. I will answer it maybe on air. Maybe I'll text you back. You can also... Look me up, uh, like, and subscribe on here on the Bible Thumping Wingnut. Most people and uh, have watched these videos on the Bible Thumping Wingnut, not just mine, but the uh, Bible Thumping Wingnut podcast. Um, many watch the videos in passing, but don't subscribe. Like and subscribe on this YouTube channel. And if you have any time after that, like and subscribe on my YouTube channel, the Godcast with Joshfritz.com. You'll get many other things over there. Or you can go to my website, thegodcastwithjoshritz.com. Go there. You'll find the, all the episodes from number one to number 71, of which you will see. Um, and if you feel so obliged to support this ministry, have a look at the link in the description of this video. There are two links there. You can go to thebibletippingwingnet.com for other podcasts. Or you can go to my website, in which you can click on that, and you will find... Uh, two instances in which you can support my ministry if you'd like. Um, again, no pressure. I'm not asking for any donations, but uh, any will help uh, pay for the software that I use. And, uh, you know, I'm on a minimal type of usage here. Eventually, I do want to branch out and have another microphone in my house here, and we can I can have people talk in studio, if anything. Um, but also, I'm also looking to get more people on the podcast. So... Look out for that, and uh, we'll be here next week, hopefully, Lord willing, here on the Godcast. God bless you guys. I'll see you guys next time. Take care. And now to close the podcast, I thought it would be fitting to play a recent hymn we sang at our church. And uh, the church doesn't know I'm doing this, but it's just singing. Uh, You're going to hear me lead singing. Uh, lead the singing on a uh, Wednesday from a few weeks ago. So enjoy this song as it closes the podcast. And I apologize if the recording's spotty, but this is uh, this is a treat for you.
8. How deep the Father's love for us. 